0: You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna and I'm a woman's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders and spiritual light workers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. For listening, welcome to the Chelsea Zerna podcast. I'm sitting here with Ray Ireland, she's the founder and CEO of Goddess Fest. She is a touring musician and woman's empowerment coach. Hello, Ray.
1: Hello, thanks for having me on here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I would love to go ahead and start off with um, a little background about you, how you got into Goddess Fest and um kind of like your beginnings of becoming a
1: coach yeah um well it's definitely mostly a personal journey for me um i had been i was to- touring around um the united states with my music um with my band for a few years and i was just noticing some old self sabotaging patterns coming up again um i had dealt with with eating disorders earlier in my life, and then it had like switched into then like relationships that weren't so healthy, which then shifted into substance abuse, um, and just really living out the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle of a musician. And in that space, um, I quickly saw how it wasn't going to work for me too long because I got into a major car accident after a late night gig and had been drinking. And, um, it was basically, that was my rock bottom. Um, so from there, I basically rolled my car off of a cliff and had a huge wake up call and, um, actually had a really powerful conversation with what I call spirit, other people call God or the universe. Um, And basically this voice asked me like, hey, do you want to do you want to live or not? Because you've been basically through your actions, you've been asking to leave. And it just everything hit me. And I was like, wow, I'm not I'm here to be like a light worker and to be a healer through the arts and a teacher and, uh, you know, move, move people into the light and bring light to the planet. And I realized I had gone so far off track and um, so it was really the wake-up call that I needed at the time Um, and I was already into yoga and Reiki and I had a spiritual practice but it definitely wasn't um, consistent and grounded and so after the car accident I ended up traveling through Central America and that's when I dove into shamanism and plant medicine and just deep healing and ended up doing, getting into trauma work in childhood wounds and, um, childhood trauma that had occurred and just went full on into my personal healing, personal development journey. And from that space ended up really seeing how important it was, um, The people that you are surrounding yourself with, those relationships that you have, you know, who are those five people in your life that are closest to you? And I realized, okay, I got to shift this. Um, And so the first thing I thought of doing was bringing the most powerful women I knew together. And what was intending on being a party called the Goddess Fest quickly turned into a over 300 person festival, um, here in San Diego. So from that, it just expanded. (laughs) It was wild. It was just, it was the community really desiring it as well. Um, just to have women come together. This was, this was in 2015. And so from that space, we just continued to hold the goddess fest. That's where I met my first mentor. She was one of the first people that got on board and, um, And she just took me under her wing. We went deep into more healing work. And also she helped me start up my business, um, inspiring other women and really turning the goddess fest into something that was going to be sustainable for me and my community locally in San Diego, and then also expand it into an international organization. So that was really the beginning of my coaching. And since then, it has evolved. Um, really beautifully into doing more embodiment and empowerment coaching and and then shifting into also business creation and and working with artists and female leaders to help them create businesses create do their creative projects see them really complete and launch them out into the world in big ways and again to tie it back into the relationships it's just the Like If you're trying to do anything big, you're trying to step out of your comfort zone, it's so important with who you're surrounding yourself with. So that's really um, been a huge focus.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And so we met in India, and I remember hearing this story with the car accident, and this was a really, really deep story. Like, I feel like this was like the the biggest point of your life that was super life-changing. Can you maybe go into that more? And because a lot of times we try to go out and we say, okay, this is what people in the world are doing. I'm going to go and do this because they seem successful and happy. But for you, this was like a huge pivotal moment filled with pain, filled with trauma that literally fueled you to create and step into this totally different life,
1: right? 100%. Um, Yeah, I'll go into it a little bit. Um, So basically, like I said, I was really dealing with substance abuse um, problems at that time and simultaneously was going through relationship um, muck. (laughs) It was a hot mess at the time. Mm -hmm. I had my long-term boyfriend that I had been dating for on and off for about 4 years at that point um we had known each other for like 6 years at that time um and i had just had an abortion um i think it was about a year prior to the accident but it was still very much in my system i hadn't really like gone in and done the work but it was i was just hanging on to it literally day after day so at this point i had actually been really toying around at the idea thinking that I might possibly be lesbian. Like, I don't know if I want guys around. (laughs) And, um, and so I was, I had a girlfriend and was in this interesting open relationship, but also open relationship with a guy that I, as I was telling him, like, I think I might actually just be lesbian. I don't, I don't think that, you know, it has anything to do with what I need to heal, but, um, let me just like push you away for a second. And so this, I was at this gig, and basically this relationship was just blowing up. I had both of them there. The the guy I was seeing at the time was the guy who I was um, playing music with. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was there. She was also a musician, but in the audience. And um, basically everything just blew up that night. And so I decided to just get in my car and drive home. Um, so that was really the first, the catalyst of of this whole experience. And as I was driving, I fell asleep at the wheel, and I woke up as my car was rolling down the canyon. And mm-hmm. I had this accident um, as a dream my entire life. Since I was a little girl, I always would get into this rolling car accident, mm-hmm. and um, it was so lucid after many years of having the dream that I realized, okay, if I just relax, um I'll wake up once I hit something. Um and so that's what happened. I I woke up, the car was rolling, I heard the voice, I was like, no, I wanna be here, but like I still thought it was a dream. And then luckily I didn't hit anything, but the car landed straight up um at the bottom of the canyon. And I remember getting out and looking around and thinking Huh, why why am I still here? Like this is the point that I'm supposed to wake up. And so I started, you know, slapping myself and and then I hear a voice at the top of the canyon and it's this guy freaking out and he's he's oh just my screaming, god. Oh my god, is anyone down there? Like, what hello, hello and so I just I'm like kind of, kind of silent still like is this real like no way this can't be my life this is not real and just totally in a delusion and so I crawled up the canyon I was completely fine from the accident and how high was and it? up there? Um, I'm not really sure. The car rolled probably about five times. Wow, so. That's-
0: Yeah, after getting in an accident, you had the strength to climb. You were fine. Oh, I was I was in
1: a totally different space, you know, like I literally thought I was dreaming. So it was like my body was just I'm like, okay, whatever. Let me just wake up the whole time. I'm like, come on, wake up, wake up. Because, you know, you have those dreams where you get stuck in, in them and you're trying yeah. to wake up and you can't. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And I get up to the top and then it all just hit me. I was like I dropped into my body as I saw lights driving towards me. And it was cop cars, ambulance. And that oh was when God. it all sunk in. And I was like, fuck, this is bad. This is real bad. And I tried to get out of it for like the first 10 seconds. And then it was like, oh, no, this is... This is like what's happening, and, and I'm screwed. Why were you screwed? Just yeah. I mean, I just I I felt like I felt like all of a sudden I was so present. I was so there. I was like, maybe I didn't really drink that much. So you know, the officer's like, oh, how, how much have you drink? I'm like, uh, one no. beer. And it's like, no, like that was totally off. Um, you know, it was this delusional oh. space that I was living in. Really, um, a delusion and in what I wanted my relationships to look like a delusion and who I was a delusion and what I was doing, like everything would just became clear, uh, what, what the Mm. truth of the matter was. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was really terrifying. I never thought I would be, you know, going to jail and, you know, I had drugs in my pockets. Um, it was a bad situation and, it was just such a wake-up call because I never thought that I would be in that situation. Not in a million years. I was like, I grew up in a good family, like like upper, upper middle class, like everything. I went to a good college. I graduated. Like, I felt like I had done the routine good things. And yet the internal part of me was just such a mess. And it was really just, it was a cry for help.
0: Yeah, for sure. Wow. So from that moment, what was going through your head and how did you kind of turn things around in the internal world for you?
1: Mm. Well, I remember um, vividly, I was sitting down in a chair um, in jail and literally looking at the tile floor and looking at these like plastic sandals on my feet and just thinking, like over and over again how did i get here how did i get here and i would just go in like reverse order like what what were those decisions that led me here and it was like i had to backtrack so far to find out what the original decision was cuz it i was so off course i had made so many you know quote unquote wrong decisions um to get me to that place and I remember there was a distinct thing where I I kind of like accepted it and I was like all right if I'm in here for the rest of my life um who am I going to be what am I going to do am I going to hate myself and be angry and I was like no you know what if I'm in here for the rest of my life I'm going to I'm going to figure out a way to come out even if it's in many years and I'm going to read books and I'm going to work out and I'm going to meditate. And I remember just making this like strong declaration that like, this wasn't going to stop my own growth. Um, and that it would only add to everything that I want to do. And so in that thought, I was like, okay, well, let's get into that mode now because, like I'm a, I was in total fear and panic mode. You know, I didn't even feel like my body yeah. could deal with that sort of stress. So I was like, took some breaths and asked myself, what would be the first thing I would do? Um, like what would I do? The real me do the like light being the healer me, the artist me do. And it, and the voice that I heard was talk to people connect with people that are around and I did not want to talk to anyone in there they were crazy right oh it's like literally a madhouse and so of course at the time that this thought comes in the woman that had been screaming punching the walls like the like wild beast in the room was sitting next to me and so I just look at her <laughs> of and I'm like all right hey here we go and also to paint you a visual, like at the time I had like pink, purple, and blue hair, like all my piercings, like belly shirt on, it like just total. Oh God,
0: just coming from a, a concert.
1: Rebel musician. Yeah, full on, like yeah. tattoos coming out. And so, um, so I look to her and I'm like, hey, okay, how's it going? And I ask her what her name is and she goes, oh, my name is Norma which is such a weird name, right? <laughs> yeah. And like and I had just written this song about a crazy woman named Normal Normally. And I just oh, wow. looked at her and I was like, "You're kidding me. I literally think I wrote a song about you like like maybe a year ago and I play it mm-hmm. literally at almost every show." And she's like, oh, "What? Like can you sing it? And I like look around cuz we're supposed to be quiet in here and not talking to anyone and I'm like okay. So I actually start to sing it and before I know it the entire room of women start to sing along and and like snap. Oh and I God. like it's like the energy just totally lifts in this room that had been you know it was freaking heavy energy in there and i look at the guards because they had been kicking kicking people out bringing them into solitude for making any sort of riot or noise i look at them as soon as i see everyone's catching on and they're standing in the corners with their arms crossed and i just see them kind of like nodding their head a bit to the to the song and like Uh kind of holding back a smile and the woman like looks at me and gives me a nod that looks like she says like okay you got like 10 minutes to wrap or 10 seconds to wrap that up and I won't do anything. And so I just like wrap it up and I just immediately feel this wave of release. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like if I can create music, if I can bring light into some of the darkest situations, like this is just this is about to be a whole new epic challenge that I'm ready to take on whatever this looks like. And so it was really just such a huge spark and a huge inspiration. And then um, I ended up getting let out and it was like, all right, world, it's go time. Like there's nothing stopping me.
0: Oh my God. How long were you there?
1: Um, like pretty much a day. So not very long, but long enough.
0: Okay. So you got let out right away. and Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you at this point?
1: I was, I just turned 22. Oh
0: my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. And so then you started, you're like, all right, world, I'm doing this. And what did that look like? Like, what did you do from there? That's a huge moment. <laughs>
1: It was – well, there was a lot of confusion. I mean, I got out. The first thing I did was actually go to Burning Man for my first time. Um, So I had planned planned to go uh, with my girlfriend. And so literally, I had one day, and then – and everyone's like, well, you're obviously not going to Burning Man now because, you know, like all this stuff just happened. And I was like, actually, that's the exact thing I need to do. (laughs) And so – I ended up just like driving to Burning Man literally the next day after getting released, which was a very strange wow. experience um also definitely sparked a lot of more healing, a lot more creativity, and then pretty much immediately after that, you know, I was still unsure what was gonna happen with everything um legally, how it would play out and um and so I was like. I'm scared. I want to get out of here, and I literally just went to Central America. I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm cruising." Like, uh, oh,
0: you booked a flight. Yeah. I was like, "Let's
1: go work on oh some my farms." Gosh. Like, let's see how this stuff sorts itself out. But like, I'm, you know, it was a waiting game at that point, and and so I I just went down oh. south, <laughs> and that's really where the yeah. true part of my healing journey began, where I started to meet shamans and, um, dive into the teachings that I had studied, um, through my yoga teacher training, through my Reiki trainings, all of the stuff that I had been learning about, I wasn't experiencing until that moment. And it all started to come together and I learned about permaculture and, um, just really threw myself into the experience that was happening here on earth because I wasn't I was so in my head in my own body in my own world prior to that dealing with my own drama and I started looking out and I'm like okay cool this is a pretty cool world that we live in we get to create and problem solve and bring it on and heal
0: wow amazing so you're in South America going on this healing journey and did you get any sort of epiphany or moment where you said, "I think I want to go into helping other people in these areas that struggle with this stuff, and how did that how did that shape out?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean very quickly, um, I got called to go to Guatemala, so I ended up having to take basically i was in flew into um, Nicaragua was there for maybe 48 hours and then decided to take a 40 hour bus, chicken bus all the way up to Guatemala. And it was just an intuitive hit. I got up there. um, First thing I got invited to was a cacao ceremony led by a shaman. And so I went there and um, within 30 minutes, he had put me right in front of him. He said, sit right here. And he just started like kind of ripping me apart. And he was like, you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing. And he knew nothing about me too, but he knew, oh, <laughs> he oh knew my God. on the soul level. He was like, he was like, you haven't been stepping it up. And he, I remember his big finger coming and like almost touching my nose. And he was like, it's time for you to be a light worker. You're going to be a light worker on this planet. And I just was bawling and crying. Oh my God. I know, but I'm not that. So yeah, it was a very clear moment um, where he specifically told me and it just, I was like, I know. Yeah, it's time for me to dedicate to that path.
0: That's amazing. geez, And that's like a huge moment too, when a shaman is pointing his finger at your face saying, you're going to be a light worker in this world after you had just experienced this crazy journey of rolling off a cliff and going to jail for a night and having all of these experiences happen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was pure fuel for my fire.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. So how long were you in South America?
1: Um. So I actually didn't make it down to South America, but was went through Central. every yeah every country in Central America. I was there for about three months. Wow, that's
0: amazing. That's incredible. So then you come back, and what do you do? What's the next thing that you do?
1: Um, immediately, just start the Goddess Fest. Yeah. So I got, I got back the the. Um, woman that I was dating at the time, she was back home and we were like, let's put the goddess fest on, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, literally it's been nonstop since.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. And so now how are you, so let's go into relationships more. So going through that whole experience, Mm -hmm. playing that out, you were in a serious relationship with this guy then all of this stuff happened and you're like, I want to kind of reject men right now. I want to be with a woman. And how did that play out? And how did you, now, are you dating both? Are you dating just women?
1: Well, actually, you know, the the timeline was really interesting. So basically, as I was in Central America, and at this point, um, I wasn't, I was talking with, both of them, but wasn't dating either. And was like, you know, very much like, well, all this stuff just happened. I need to sort my stuff out. And so I I get back home and he sits me down and he tells me, Hey, um, I got a woman pregnant in a one night stand and we're keeping the sun. Oh my God. So that just, definitely added to this deep hatred that I had at the time for men um, and I was like oh done I'm for sure lesbian <laughs> for sure hands down <laughs> yeah. and,
0: because it's um, in, your, in your mind it's like women were not as painful and women and like this man caused you so much pain that it was like I'm just rejecting this
1: a hundred percent yeah I, I didn't want to have anything to do with a penis. I'm like get out yeah. of here. No, like yeah. women run the world. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> and um yeah. so yeah, yeah. that's when I just like dove in fully to my um relationship with the woman at the time and she wasn't my first girlfriend but she was definitely my longest term lesbian partnership and um And then, you know, that ended up ending, and from after that moment, there was so much confusion that came up, and I would say for a few years, you know, it was pretty, I didn't know where to stand, I was dating both, I wasn't sure, um, and- I just kept doing the healing. I kept doing the healing work. I kept going inside. I kept going to retreats, workshops, conferences, reading all the books, listening to the podcast. I mean, I was a full on personal development junkie, which I think happens to most of us when you start the journey. It's like, I can't stop. <laughs> and yeah. from yeah. that space, I just went, went further and further back into the core of my pain and just really began realizing like this isn't anyone else's fault. This is all actually a a huge blessing and it's my opportunity that I get to have to choose what kind of life I really want to live. And so I ended up really realizing that, wow, I really want to have a family and I want to be um, in a partnership with a man. Um, and that realization was very humbling because you know I had come out so strong as like, I'm a lesbian. This is what I believe. I'm starting the goddess fest. It was full on. And so this um, journey of feminine empowerment and divine feminine energy and bringing it into my life really did start from a place um, that most men are scared of where I was like, yeah. screw you guys. And also beautifully has evolved into such a place of unity and support and seeing that, wow, like we really all hold both feminine and masculine energy and we really all can be supportive for each other. And wow, what a beautiful world it is when men and women can come together into unity, whether that is in, um, relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic, um, when men and women and families can come together and get along and be supportive, when men and women in business and creative projects can support each other. It is truly a unique magic.
0: For sure, for sure. And that's exactly, it's so interesting because a lot of the feminine movement or the feminist movement started out of this emotion of anger and fear and hatred because the feminine energy had been suppressed for so long and just disrespected and pushed down and women couldn't do so many things like the the actual freedom of a woman was so limited and then slowly over time I think we're starting to see the movement shift into states of love and this feminine energy being this divine presence that people need in their lives, and the feminine energy and the masculine energy being present in all of us, and as a society, especially in America, I think that we've gotten into such a masculine culture, and it's such an accomplishment-driven push, aggress forward, kind of like that masculine energy of um, grinding, and, and, and just and, and 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 people have lost touch with human connection. And I think bringing out the feminine energy brings back that connection to us. And I think that's going to, it's going to cure depression. It's going to make people realize like their traumas and heal their pain versus suppress it and push it down. Cause even in our society, uh, th- the feminine is also like a metaphor for all of our, our pain too. Like we suppress all of the pain inside and all of our emotion and we can actually like rise that up and be the most beautiful, loving expression of the feminine and bring that more to life.
1: Most definitely. And yeah, I think we could all relate in saying that the world is ready for more compassion to be seen.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's so great. I know that you wanted to touch on, you've been doing a lot with relationship dynamics in your work lately, right?
1: Yeah, I have. Um After working and I mean with the Goddess Fest, I've seen and worked with over I mean thousands of women all around the world, and some of the biggest things that I've seen, especially talking to the ones that um, you know have been featured on the Global Goddess Fest, um, my private clients that I work with very closely, these really influential feminine leaders. I see that they are desiring to be iconic and alluring and influential in their own worlds, whether that's in a certain sector of business or creative arts, or maybe it's even just in their family. And what it really comes down to are the relationships that they have in their life and how they're showing up in their relationships can be such a reflection point for how um everything else in their world is coming together. And so I've been really diving into the power dynamics um really mostly within yourself and between the other gender. Um, well, and the same gender as well, but I think the other gender is really interesting. Um, When you have these masculine and feminine two energies coming together, how does that power work? How do they actually come into union versus being um, opposing energies or combative energies? And so I've just seen through working with my clients is that, There's so much aggression, so much, um, both offense and defense. It's like a full game, right. Of Mm -hmm. the struggle that happens. And this is a power struggle that we, we see in romantic relationships, family, um, friendships, business, politics, education, right. It's like in every single element of our life and, It's really coming to the surface for a lot of us um, as we're seeing relationships are the core. And so if we are in a power struggle constantly, how are we supposed to create from there? How are we supposed to create the world that we're all wanting to see get birthed? We can't. So we need to start somewhere else before jumping the gun and being like, okay, we need to fix X, Y, and Z about the world. It's like, okay, well, let's go inside first what, what is happening internally. And so the first, um, internal power dynamic is your own feminine and masculine energy that is battling, especially for women. There's so many powerful women out there that are wanting to start their own businesses or already have. And, um, or, you know, I work with a lot of creatives as well. They're starting their new creative project, if they can't come into harmony with the drive and the passion and the power behind what they're creating and taking care of themselves and the self-love and the nurture of food, exercise, um, mindfulness, then there's going to be this, this power struggle that happens. So that's really where we break it down and look at, okay, balancing feminine and masculine internally and then also externally in the relationships. And I truly believe that that's how we're going to be able to solve a lot of the world's biggest issues is by first solving this internal struggle totally
0: and i think with the rise in consciousness we're starting to see in the past the first thing people would do is they would look externally okay what's wrong with the world what's wrong with this other person why are they doing this or why is the world so cruel instead of going internally first like, why am I feeling this way? What in my life has been cruel or painful? Am I healing that first? Because we don't heal the world by talking, you know, we heal the world internally, like by, with ourselves and going inwards. I think a lot of people, uh, they skip that step. They're like, okay, what can I do in this world without like going first yeah. and saying, what do I need in my life? What What's unhealed in myself? Like, where do I have wounding? Where do I have pain? Where in my life have maybe my childhood like taught me a certain belief system that now I'm carrying in the world that might not even be true.
1: Exactly. And it's so amazing because I think there's so much innovation that is happening in the world. And yet, like if we don't take that time to just pause and listen, it's what there's there's no space for that idea to spark for that new relationship to be birthed out of. Um, And, you know, a big theme that we're also seeing is a lot of leaders, global leaders, um, businessmen and women, especially that are in, you know, like tech industry, Silicon Valley, um, they Mm -hmm. are burning out. And so I, I've seen this Definitely. multiple times. They build up their business to a certain level and then they have a personal breakdown, a personal meltdown because their internal systems are not in balance. Their power is a full struggle internally. And so basically they get into full breakdown and they at that point they usually sell their business and then have to take a huge sabbatical to be able to re negotiate the power struggle that's happening internally and get to know this relationship for the first time, just like you're getting to know a partner for the first time. And mm-hmm. I think that there's, um, it's powerful that some of the leaders are coming to that those conclusions of, okay, I actually do need to go internally. Let me pause here and do that. And I'm also curious what the world would look like if we didn't have to, have those minds that are running, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And when I say that, it's also, you know, millions of people that lives that they're impacting. And what would happen if they didn't have to take those huge sabbaticals? What if they could actually be taking care of themselves the whole time? What would shift in business? What would shift in politics?
0: Yeah. And even when, when the, when the energy isn't balanced internally, you look for that in somebody else. So then you're constantly in need or depending on someone else to fill that for you. Like if you're too far on one side of the scale, you look for the opposite in other people and then you're not fully balanced internally. And the idea uh, is to come into total balance um, with the feminine and the masculine so that you're equally feeling fulfilled and equally succeeding. Like in the work that I do, I talk about the science of success and the art of fulfillment. Like there is a science to success. And in America we have mastered that, but the art of fulfillment is not like one plus one equals two. It takes serious work and serious, like honing in on exactly who you are, what you want. It's this deep, um, Like understanding of self. And I think that's what consciousness is. And I think that's what this movement's all about like raising self awareness. And yesterday, it was so funny. I walked into this room, um, and it was just a bunch of CEOs sitting around this table. And I, uh, it was like a, a lunch and learn type of thing with, where they were playing this inspirational video. And I told them I was a life coach. And they're like, come on in. And 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 after the video, they had us all take our opinions. And I was kind of just sitting there listening. And then they're like, well, what about you? What's your opinion? And I was like, honestly, and I gave my opinion. I was talking about how CEOs start accomplishing so much and they start getting higher and higher and higher and they actually don't even, it's not even resonating. They're just doing it because it seems successful and it's like a shell of ego that people place on each other and on themselves. And they don't ever ask themselves, like, what is it that I actually want to do? Like, what's going to make me happy? Not what's going to be the most uh, impressive to people. And then I started talking about this and they got more and more into it and they were like, talking about they, they were like really curious about the feminine masculine dynamics and i think even in business people can really benefit from knowing the different types of personalities and knowing their own balance to know what maybe they could bring out more or maybe what they're neglecting in their own lives or like not just surrounding themselves with people that are the exact same as them but like balancing themselves with other people it was, it was amazing. And by the end, they were like, we want an entire workshop on the feminine masculine, like, this is so important. And wow. I'm like, all right, next one, invite me and I'll, <laughs> I'll come and I'll speak on the feminine masculine. Like, I think even more executives in business need to understand these dynamics so they know how to manage their people and manage themselves.
1: A hundred percent. And there's so much that's possible, especially if we're able to align with other people that can, um, really be that reflection of, um, complementary energies. And so what is so cool is that that sort of that balance point of masculine and feminine isn't the same for everyone. It's actually like so unique for each person as unique as we all are of course. And so while you're trying to figure out relationships, it's not like all of a sudden, if you are in full balance, you're going to be um, like in perfect alignment with every single other person that's in full balance. Because there's actually this like, I love how you said like the science behind it. We're all so unique. So then that's where this like dynamic play becomes really exciting because when you do meet someone that is this like match to, you know, if you have your, you're like, oh, okay, this feels perfectly balanced. And they're like, oh, but this feels like my perfect balance. And then you do come together and it's like, wow, that's when energy spark. That's when you have this like extra magic. And so a lot of times we follow that in, the romantic world. Sometimes we don't follow that as much in the business world. And so just really looking at all the different relationships you have in your life and seeing if you can become into your own state of like where you feel the most balanced internally, you feel like, okay, I got this, whatever, whatever this looks like. I love my version. And then you get to meet someone else that can really match you and play and be able to play off of each other's strengths, play off of each other's weaknesses. That's when it becomes this dance because it's like when you are better at something that I'm not so good at, guess what? I'm not going to try and hold on to that power because I'm going to be like, I'm actually not that good at it. Can you take it? Mm -hmm. And then and vice versa.
0: Definitely. Yes. And I think a really big part of the feminine energy is developing this relationship to intuition and listening to that inner voice and that voice that's like so small. If we haven't trained it, you know, if the voice of the mind is so loud that it drowns out the voice of the intuition Mm -hmm. and like learning how to tap into that voice more. So I'm curious for you, Mm -hmm. um, what is a situation in your life where you felt that, um, logically nothing made sense but your intuition was just screaming at you to do it Mm,
1: yeah well um you know what big thing that comes to mind especially with your face right in front of me is (laughs) when I decided to go to India (laughs) because that's where we got to meet for everyone that's listening um and it was definitely one of those decisions where I had such a calling to go to India very spontaneously and at the time leave the band that I was touring with um and I had been touring with them for about five years, so it was a big commitment. It was um, a big part of my. It was every. It was my entire life. Was this band, and so I just really clearly heard that I and felt this intuitive pull to go to India, and I pulled the trigger, and everyone was like what Ray yeah. you guys are about to blow up and like you have all the you have a tour booked I mean first of all oh, like you have <laughs> commitments you, and we had like a team you know a big team working for us management booking our full band and I just knew that it was the right thing and so I decided to go for it against all odds. I didn't know anyone in India. I like had no idea what I was doing. And, um, and then this trip came up where, you know, one of our mutual friends was like, okay, well I'm going to, I'm going to take people on a, on a week long trip through India. And it was just like, all right, let's, let's go there and see what happens and, and see how long I stay and really within, um, a very short amount of time of being out there, I got booked to speak and perform in front of over 10,000 people. And that was right after meeting you and this beautiful group of people. And it literally spurred an international tour that I went on for basically a year and a half after that. Um, so oh my listen God. to your
0: intuition. That's amazing. <laughs> and you got booked by yourself and
1: not with this band, right? Right, right. So it started my solo career as um, both a performer, musician, and speaker. And it also um, really took my coaching to the next level, you know, stepping up and speaking in front of audiences. And through that, I ended up... um, getting booked to go into different companies and organizations um, everywhere from nonprofits to education, to wellness, to tech in India and bring my coaching into these spaces, working with the CEOs, working with the board of directors and working with their clients or the kids or the teachers. So it really just spun um my whole journey into the next level um, by making that initial decision, and I ended up going back to india got got asked to go back to speak again, to perform again, to go back to the organizations, go to new ones, play at festivals. I mean, it just completely took off from there
0: that 's amazing. that is so awesome, and we could literally yeah. talk for hours on this. The story is crazy, amazing. I love it
1: for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, if you were to leave (laughs) everybody, I know we definitely could. If you were to leave our listeners with one um, note that you want to leave them with, what would you end up, um, what what would you want to tell them?
1: Um, I would tell them, or actually, I would ask them, what inspires you to be the breakthrough? A lot of times we talk about experiencing a breakthrough. But I'm curious for all the listeners, what what inspires you to be the breakthrough? And whatever that is that comes to mind that would be inspiring you, how can you do it every day? And I'll leave, I'll leave that because I think there's nothing that we need to tell each other. Mm, it's actually cool. more questions that we should be asking each other.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for this. This was amazing. And let's do this again soon for sure.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on here.
0: This episode of the Chelsea's Zerna podcast is sponsored by Wildly Woven. There are very few things in this world that have impacted me more than getting out of my default environment and exploring a new country. That's why Megan Alman, Matt Thomas and myself are putting together a New Year's retreat in Bali. This is an eight-day event for people looking to dive deeper into their soul and balance their inner masculine and feminine energies. It's open to both men and women, and it'll be eight days of breath work, yoga, meditation, exploring the the local culture. For more information, head over to wildlywoven.com.